Today, we remember Mary's husband, Alan, and discuss things not said in episode 60. This Friday, we are streaming live from PhilCon from 7 to 8 p.m. Check our website for more details. All this and more on The Leftscape. I'm Mary McGinley, and you're listening to The Leftscape, the shape of progressive conversation. Hi, I'm Robin Renee. And I'm Wendy Sheridan. And uh, this is our first full week of November. And uh, it is National Animal Shelter Appreciation Week this week. So uh, go to your local shelter and appreciate them. Give them some money or bring them food or old blankets and towels. I know shelters generally always need stuff like that. So go to your local animal shelter. Volunteer if you if you are so inclined. Like, well. like walking dogs? Yeah. That sounds like a fun thing to do. That way you can have the fun of walking a dog and, and you know, uh, get the exercise and yet you don't have to have the dog home at night. No. And actually, some of my friends did that, and and they ended up adopting the dogs. So you know, mm, I could imagine that could be also be a result of visiting. Uh, yeah, well, I so think then that's, that's why the they... danger. Uh, today is also saxophone day. Uh, um, I think that's really I'll get cool. out my Kenny G albums. Yeah, oh, I, I keep them away from me. <laughs> I'll listen to some Coltrane. That's better. Um, uh, tomorrow on November 7th is National Men Make Dinner Day. Oh, um, okay. And there's a caveat. They're not allowed to bar- they get out of it by barbecuing. They actually have to go cook in the kitchen. So, <laughs> and the not- fact that this is an unusual thing is still just, <laughs> what, what year is this? I know. Mm. Well, my husband is the dinner maker at the moment for the most part, so he doesn't he's he's off the hook maybe i'll make dinner for him instead i, I still have a nice uh, container of ch- chicken fried rice that my husband made so maybe i should finish that up while it's still good uh, <laughs> yeah. uh on the 8th is national stem steam day um What's that mean? it's stem is uh science and they're going to get them yeah and STEAM is science, technology, engineering, oh. arts, and math. Oh, well, oh so, that sounds good. So STEAM is, they throw the arts in there too, which I like. So mm. it's it's basically a day to um, acknowledge that, like, the sciences are important in school and to study that stuff. Mm. Um, oh, <laughs> I see this. I didn't add this on the date thing, but uh, on November 8th, which is a Friday, uh, we will be doing a live pro- uh, podcast at at our P- pre-Patreon launch. Too many P's in that. Oh. So, um, <laughs> hey, and this that's is good. I'm going to get that on my calendar. Yes, you will. And it's happening at at the hotel where PhilCon is, is occurring. So that's happening at the... In Cherry Hill. Cherry Hill somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I forget the name of the hotel. Um, we will be there. Uh, we will be 
uh, broadcasting live on Facebook or some other streaming service <laughs> that you can find us through Facebook. So, so go to our and we Facebook will know page. all these things by the time it happens. So we'll make sure you know. <laughs> yeah, I, like, when, when does this podcast that we're doing right now come out? It comes out on the sixth. Okay, so November. two two days. Yes. Okay. Yes. Just want to make um, sure. Um, on the tenth is World Science Day for Peace and Development, and ironically, the U.S. Marine Corps' birthday. Which, hmm. Okay. They seem kind of opposite. <laughs> well, not necessarily. Okay. Um, and the 11th, uh, that Monday, of course, is Veterans Day, where we honor those who have served and uh, in our wars hey, when and in our we, military. When is voting? When is election day? That was already happened. Yesterday. Oh, oh okay. If you didn't vote, we're going to be mad at you. <laughs> but we have, uh, we have our countdown calendar to next year's, the 2020 election, and that's the big one. So... You've got a few, yeah. you've got 363, four days left to, to get your, to, to make, get to the poll. To make up your mind about which candidate you want. Yep, yep. And, uh, well, today is the birthday of Ana Ivanovic, who is a Serbian tennis player, former tennis player, I believe, um, at this point. And it's also the birthday of Emma Stone and Sally Field. And tomorrow, the 7th, is the birthday of Marie Curie and also of the singer Lord. And the 8th is the birthday of Gordon Ramsay. The 9th was the birthday of Carl Sagan, who was awesome. And I have to I have to throw out the my Carl Sagan trivia bit, which is he grew up literally around the corner from my house. Oh, that's cool. I did not know that. Like where you are now or yeah. where you grew up oh, no cool. where we live now oh. he's got a little shrine at the at the at the library this is how i found this out <laughs> that's super cool i will have to go visit <laughs> no it's like a, these are like the crappy horrible houses in my neighborhood so you know he got out I of think here it's fast. cool that you got carl sagan and tesla yeah and oh actually he also spoke at my brother's college graduation and oh, that's nice. That yeah. Cool. Well, it was it was kind of weird because my brother got more of a uh, a better response to his speech. My brother was valedictorian, so oh. he spoke to and and he got he got more uh, cheering than Carl Sagan did. And I think Sagan was a little pissed wow. when he came <laughs> off stage. Hey, he's that's... getting paid. That's all I count. Yes. <laughs> uh, and the eleventh is the birthday of Emma Gonzalez and amazing activist, uh, Leo DiCaprio and Peaches, who is, if you don't know her, she's kind of a, uh, I don't know, porn rock or something like that. Punk, okay. some people call her. I don't think she's quite punk, but she's interesting. <laughs> Did she do the video with the the not walk of shame? Was that her? Not walk of shame. It was, she, it was, it was, she was happy walking proudly in her, her, on a Sunday morning after wearing some very sexy gown and there was a singing song saying I had sex last night or something like that. It was really cute. That could be her. I can't, she has a song called fuck the pain away. That's kind of her biggest song, but I know. <laughs> so it could, it's, it's in keeping with that theme. I don't know if that's, I can't picture that video though. 
Okay. But, I, uh, and I, when you said peaches, I'm thinking about that marionette or the, the ventriloquist dummy peaches. Oh, a madam. Peaches and her herb. No, that's all right. I'm, I don't know what the hell no, I'm talking about. R&B duo from. <laughs> all right, I'm just gonna just hang up Peaches now. Okay. <laughs> no, that was now I'm curious. Though. Who was that? I don't know. Anyway, we're gonna do a whole you show were, of, of Wendy not of... getting the right thing. <laughs> I think you were thinking of Wayland Flowers and yes, Madam. I, I am. I oh am. wow! Yeah, that's. I don't know why I knew that. Because <laughs> you know, <laughs> this is, you're, you're mind melding with me. You know what I mean to say and not what I'm actually saying. So I had I had that with my mom. Like she would say something that was sort of randomly or tangentially associated <laughs> with the thing she was trying to say. And I was pretty good at figuring it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, yes. Well, <laughs> I don't think this is going to this is this is going to be a an increasingly humorous problem that happens with me as I continue aging. <laughs> so uh, and up next is uh, all of the news that we can handle and shit that happened last week. So here's uh, all the news we can handle this week. Uh, the first one. And these are actually the news this week, at least the stuff we're talking about, is stuff that's not very upsetting. Um, that uh, there are eagles <laughs> that got hit. And you're talking cars. about regular eagles. Not, I'm talking not about eagles. <laughs> I'm talking about Russian eagles that have been have been uh, outfitted with tracking uh, tracking bracelets. Uh, that they send text messages to the people who are tracking the migration of these eagles and they flew into, they flew through Iran and Kazakhstan where they started racking up these huge roaming charges for their text <laughs> messages. And they used it. There was, I think, one eagle that used up their entire budget. And it was, uh, it, I was amused, actually. It was kind of funny. And Wait, one, they used, for for the tracking devices, they used their their telephone plans? Yeah. Well, yeah, it, was, <laughs> it, it, sends, it sends SMS messages to the, uh, to the, to the, to the researchers. Oh, um, boy. At the Wild Animal Rehabilitation Center in Novosibirsk, if I pronounced it. So that, those Novo eagles were purposely going in and out and going back and forth of zones from one zone to the other, just tracking. Well, they left the country. They let they they flew into Kazakhstan and they flew into Iran, and um, naughty eagles. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but I will say that the Russian mobile phone company Megaphone. Uh, offered to cancel the debt and put the put their project on a spence a, ch a special cheaper data plan for oh. their text. So <laughs> so at least you know the the place the 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 wildlife place can still track these birds as they fly around. Wow, um, I like that. Capitalism in Russia. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other news item that that really pleased me. Uh, this morning that we're recording it, when I when I discovered it on my Facebook stream, um, is that uh, the World Series Game 5, our president showed up late, I think somewhere in the fourth inning when they were doing a veterans appreciation moment. And I think they, he got there early, but they didn't like put the camera on him until later well, on. Yeah, yeah, well, then when they when they put the the 
jumbotron camera on him the entire stadium erupted into loud boos and then and then somebody else started some people started a chant of lock him up wow i'd like and, to see that yeah well there's a we will post a link um to this one article i had i read the the or i've seen it in a few different places today um but usa today had the uh tweets with the videos and hearing the stadium chant lock him up did a lot for my mood this morning i will tell mm -hmm. you that right now that was a little mm -hmm. bit of schadenfreude i like that too. That was a lot of schadenfreude <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so yeah that happened and for me all the news i could handle this week was really not a lot so <laughs> what i decided to do was i just googled florida man october 2019. <laughs> oh because there's always some sort of Florida man, something. Always. There's always a humorous Florida man story of some type. And so I, I said, you know what? This is what my brain can handle right now. So I <laughs> discovered Florida man accused of forcing small alligator to drink beer, which is pretty much all of the I con combined ideas that people have of Florida in one story. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, yeah, you know, it's really not very nice to like uh, inebriate an animal, provoke a, a small alligator into biting his arm, and then he poured beer into the animal's mouth or something. And that's not, you know, that's not really cool. So it's like poisoning. Yeah, you know, yeah. so he's this guy who doesn't matter his name was charged with unlawfully taking an alligator, blah, blah, blah. But so it's actually not nice, but the, the headline I, I was good. <laughs> the headline was worth it. He's charged with with uh, contributing to the inebriation of an alligator. And it was a small alligator, so he was probably a minor. That's right. <laughs> yes, yes, good point. Well, I think if he tried to get a big alligator to bite his arm so he could get the mouth open, I think he would be armless. Missing, yeah, missing an arm there. <laughs> right. And then uh, on the theonlyfloridaman.com, which I did not know was a oh site. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Seth Myers. Well, yeah, they had a, they had a, I, I really like Seth Myers a lot. He kind of, all the, all the late night comedians kind of saved my life frequently in these <laughs> times. But uh, there was a sketch by Seth Myers attempts to revisit the siren. Oh, sorry. Seth Myers attempts to resist the siren's call of Florida man. Yeah. <laughs> and it was basically, and, you know, what? him trying to resist telling these jokes. He's like, no, no, must not. And he's being, <laughs> lord and it's it's very cute and it was just uh just about the right amount of news i could use this week yeah i enjoyed that i did see that yeah so what's this about tulsi gabbard i was just wondering about it i've gotten like a sudden plethora of tulsi gabbard ads on on youtube oh are have you pro or anti they are pro okay yeah well and the thing yeah. is, is they want it pro because they want her to be like a third party candidate. Well, that's what I was, you know, that's what I was wondering. I, I, you know, was it, I'm not sure who's behind, but it's just her ads or if they're bought by someone else or something. I haven't quite figured it out, but it was very um, just notable because she's kind of really not in, in the running by any standard. So all of a sudden, why all the Tulsi Gabbard? So I was like, I don't know. They're Russian bots. Yeah. Are they, what's happening? <laughs> Yeah, so I was just wondering if other people were getting those. Because, well, getting or not, it's like, does she have the budget to be putting all these ads out on? Because the Russians would have the budget, but Tulsi Gabbard 
since she's not really in the running, would she? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I'm believing they're Russian bots. That could be. I, I, I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist, but I, we know that that has happened. So it's absolutely could be possible. Could be. But it's just an interesting turn of events that she's kind of showing up as the she might be like the third candidate that people deal breaker. Yeah, that people go for if they're dissatisfied with whoever is. Uh, well, is that chosen. will guarantee another Trump. That that's the win. That's the danger. Yeah, that's the danger. That's the danger. I guess that's what somebody wants. Yeah. And she has announced that she's not going to run for Senate again. Mm. If that was what was she Senate? So it's like she won't go back down and be in the House, which is where we really need her. Hmm. Yeah. Well, she's an interesting one, though. I don't really quite understand all of her. Her positions are very... Um, not contradictory but like unexpected like you don't know what she's she, she doesn't she doesn't have like a party line or like a sort of an expected attitudes toward things so mm-hmm. i'm not I, she's like the biggest wild card to me also mm. um i don't know anyway just something i noticed yo what up this is the poet known as analysis and you're listening to the Leftscape, the shape of progressive conversation. This is what you need. Don't miss an episode. Hey, folks, we're doing a new thing, a Patreon page. We have the chance to grow, but we need your help. Become a patron and we will create a better experience for you with new segments, more interviews and exclusive content. We love this project and are excited to have you on board as part of the Leftscape team. Check us out at patreon.com slash leftscape. something that I wanted to impart to our listeners and also to thank our listeners because I think that some of our listeners have gone uh, on the GoFundMe for my husband because my husband last week had a severe stroke and um, then it turned into a series of strokes and yesterday morning he decided to cross over the bridge and he's no longer with us. So anyway, I was telling him before he went, although he was in a coma most of the week, that I was telling him how many friends have have contacted me and, and expressed their love and how many of them went to that GoFundMe page. It was amazing to me. And I have to say that the beauty of the GoFundMe page um, while the money is certainly appreciated and I'm definitely going to need it because now I have to replace the water heater and the furnace and, uh, and pay for his surgeon bill and everything like that, that, uh, that just to see the outpouring of people, um, uh, giving their love and showing their love by giving something. So that was terrific. And, um, I just want to thank everybody for that. So Alan's gone. Alan was a ventriloquist. 
which is kind of wacky. There's a whole other world of people who are into puppets and ventriloquism. And Alan was called the dummy doctor. He's the one who fixed everybody's dummy. And uh, they're going to be, they're going to have a very difficult time to find somebody who did what Alan did. He repaired everybody's dummies and, and nobody could make the mechanics of a, a mechanical puppet the way my husband could. So there's my sad news. So I'm sorry I haven't been around quite so much. Well, it's understandable that you have other things to take care of. And uh, I want to give people um, the link for the GoFundMe. Uh, I made a short one that we can read on the air. I believe it was bit.ly slash help Alan, uh, which would be B-I-T dot L-Y slash H-E-L-P-A-L-A-N. And that will take you to the official GoFundMe page mm -hmm. and uh, to help with his his medical expenses, his final expenses, and all of the other things that happened. Yeah, it was the hot, hot water hot water heater exploding that made his head explode. So that still <laughs> oh. has to be taken care of. Or, or you know, if if that address is difficult for people, if they just go to GoFundMe and put in Alan's name, it's A L A N S E M O K, Alan Seamock. That they'll, that'll bring him up. Yeah, but I'm so amazed. I'm really amazed. This is how this is amazing that so many people that I don't know, but also people that know me but don't know him, they they just they gave money. People that I just knew in passing that I knew years ago are popping up giving five hundred dollars. It was amazing. I'm I'm really I'm really floored. Well, you are loved, and he's loved too, and it it is um, it's cool. It's interesting. You know, I did, a, a good friend of mine who I know in a whole different venue um, actually went to high school with Ellen and saw the message. Oh, really? Got to let people know she was in the high school play with him. So oh it was like really it wow. Was, it, it's interesting the connections we all have, you know. Um, but I I did want to say that I really have enjoyed the times that I got to hang out with both of you, especially on Thanksgivings and things like that. Oh, and Misfits Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. the Misfit Thanksgivings. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it's one of the things that we talk about, um, like in the Geekscape kind of a universe where we dwell, that um, I love enthusiasts. Mm -hmm. And I think Alan was truly an enthusiast about you know about ventriloquism and he made an amazing 12-year mead which i was just completely <laughs> blown away by <laughs> yeah and did, I, it, did i tell I you that. about the time talking about enthusiasts that he was on mystery detectives i mean history detectives on channel 13 you know on pbs i do not know this story yeah uh they called him up because somebody called up and said that they found this dummy in the attic. They think it belonged to their great-grandfather or something and didn't really know what it was. Could anybody tell them something? And so they called my husband, and my husband said, where did they find it, and, and what was the name of the person? And immediately, he knew who it was. He could tell them the entire history, and he just like revealed the whole secret. 
you know, and they said, no, no, don't, don't get it so fast. We have a whole TV show we have to do. You got to take a half hour to figure this out. <laughs> he just, he knew the answer too fast. Wow. He was also a great enthusiast of the Three Stooges. He was the f- official voice of, of Larry whenever there was things where Three Stooges had to appear somewhere. He was Larry. And uh, and what was fun about when they did animations or yeah, if they did oh. animations he, or cool. or any kind of thing with a um, a product yeah. or or something that would have some kind of sound or sometimes they did um, public appearances and he would dress up as Larry. He went to the NASCAR races that way because the the three stooges were a logo for some sort of product. But uh, but what was fun was when he started working with Comedy Three, which uh, is the families of the Three Stooges, and they they license it. That their lawyer was Bella Lugosi Jr. and okay. and Alan got to be friends with Bella Lugosi Jr. and they're both Hungarian people, right? And they just went off on a, a whole Hungarian uh, uh, riff. And and then he also hired Alan to do the voice of Bella Lugosi and things too. So wow, that that was weird little niche he was in. That's weird. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. yeah. He was also um, a founder of our Central Jersey tent for the Sons of the Desert. And if you don't know what the Sons of the Desert are, it's and a society for the perpetuation of the memory of Laurel and Hardy. Huh. Oh, wow. Yeah. Sons of the Desert. Yeah, because that was one of their movies once. Uh. It was like the Shriners or something, Sons of the Desert. It That club was originally formed by Dick Cavett, Orson Bean, Dick Van Dyke, and Chuck McCann, I think. And uh, so... It's got history in old TV. Wow. Mm. But another sad note, though, was that I wanted to mention here, because I know we have listeners in Philadelphia, is uh, the passing of my nephew, too, Pat McCann. And Pat McCann was a bartender in West Philadelphia, and he was apparently very famous, so I wanted to let people know about that in case they're wondering whatever became of Pat McCann. He was a big burly Irishman who was, he was very well known for helping people out, giving them good drinks, but also breaking up fights. So <laughs> that's a good skill to have. Yeah. He was so big that all he had to do was just get in between people and they stopped. They got scared of him. They thought that he could you know, beat them up and he, he was a pussy cat. Yeah. Wow. This well, is a rough week for you. Yeah, yeah, my my family is not doing well today. Yeah. Uh, we definitely have you in our hearts and our uh you know, want to do what you need, you know, to help in yes. this time. Well, thank you. Thank you. It, I appreciate really it. I appreciate and and this is really interesting that I'm looking from a different viewpoint and figuring things out is my one friend she found out that my car had broken down and i was like trying to get to the hospital and stuff like this she said here i'm emailing you sending you this a gift card for 
uh, Uber. And that that was so useful to be able to know that if I needed a ride, you know how when you have when you have a spouse that you've had for many years and you have it in the back of your mind when you're driving around is if my car breaks down or something, I can call my spouse and they'll come get me. Now I can't do that, but I've got an Uber card so (laughs) I can do that. And uh, and then people are showing up with shopping bags full of food. And it's like amazing to me. Well, we want to take care of you. Yeah. We want you around for a while. Oh, I'll be around for a <laughs> while. <laughs> Hello, this is Robin Renee. You can find me online at robinrenee.com. And my music is on iTunes, CD Baby, Pandora, Spotify, and elsewhere around the web. So check it out. And you can like me at facebook.com slash Fan. Tweet at me at spiritrocksexy. And follow me on Instagram at Music. I would love to hear from you. Hi, Wendy here asking you to protest by mail with protest postcards as seen on the successful Postcards Against Fascism Kickstarter. Twelve different designs to choose from or get all of them in a special collection. Time to do something, mail a postcard. Get them from wendycards.etsy.com. That's Wendy Cards with a Z, where shipping is always free. So on episode 60, as I was uh, putting the show together, I'm the, I'm basically the engineer of the show. And um, I, you know, so I was listening to the interview with David Jameson on race. um, And I thought it was really, really interesting about the history of why we suddenly decided to pick skin color as a way to split people into groups to oppress or do whatever to make a hierarchy based on skin color as opposed to other arbitrary uh like stars on your belly or whatever else our belly Uh, (laughs) speeches and he he as a as a very aside thing that he said towards the beginning he mentioned that you know people were um separating each other out into groups based on religion and he named a few religions and he left out well he left out a few because there's lots and lots of religions but one that he left out that i found significant that he he left out listing jews as as a group of people who had uh difficulty living in their in their areas because of their religion um and at the time I, it felt a little, I had, I had a, obviously it, it's, it said something to my brain because I noted it and then I brought it up to Robin later <laughs> and, um, you know, it was a weird feeling. And, and then Robin said to me that, uh, that it was like when, when people think that 
the B in LBGTQ stands for part of lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it, it had to do with um, with erasure. And um, I don't know that I had experienced that. I've probably experienced some kind of an erasure thing in the past, but it struck me a little more now. And I don't know if it's because I'm becoming more aware of things or, or what, but it wasn't a fun feeling. But I also realized that by bringing it up, I'm making the conversation about me, which also is not something I want to do. So mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, like standing on this weird razor blade. Um, so and you're sitting here looking at your <laughs> your camera and not saying anything. So. Well, I'm thinking. I'm thinking about a bunch of things. So I thought about this a lot, you know, when she brought it up. And I have... I, well, first of all, thank you for saying that. And I think it's good to... I think it's good to give voice to your emotions. And it's also good to give voice to your self-awareness of them both. <laughs> you know, I think that's... I think that's good. I, um, one of the things that David does talk about is that it's really okay and it's a good thing for us to be talking to each other. Okay. Whereas a lot of people are kind of of the opinion that, and I know that you've mentioned this too, that you don't always feel comfortable bringing up issues that are about race or different topics around that rather than, like, like you should go study it yourself rather than talk about it. And and I and I think there's a place for that, you know. But I think it's also when you're with friends, um, and you're coming with an open mind and heart, then I want us to be having these conversations, you know. <laughs> okay. Um, so my feelings about it, uh, it you know, I, I I first felt like, well, I think what he was talking about was a sort of an aside, and he could have mentioned any number of religions because we weren't really talking about religion in the yeah. conversation so i i can't i thought about that and then i kind of felt that i i could understand the feeling of erasure based in the the b not being said in the lgbt you know kind mm. of thing i know that some people are i didn't hear the topics but recently like people are bugging Pete Buttigieg to say the B word because he seems to omit it apparently, <laughs> which I didn't know. But, but, um, so there's that, but at the same time, then I thought again, and I thought, I don't, I think I feel that mostly when, well, never mind. I take it back. I was going to say, <laughs> I think I feel that mostly when the conversation is about queer people, LGBTQ people, and uh -huh. they just sort of don't talk about us. Um, and in this case, this conversation, I felt like it really was about race and color. So I don't know that it was about, like, if you'd gone into a big conversation about religion and religious prejudice, yeah, I, I could, I could understand it more. So I think the conversation was centered on color, but I understand also how that can feel. You know, yeah, like well, it's the experience of it. And it's not only that, but it's it's ever since Hitler, Jews have been um, a cat just jumped in front of my microphone. Hang on a second. <laughs> ever since Hitler, Jews have been uh, considered a race. 
Okay. Because they, they use the phrase the Jewish race. And historically, we have, the Jews have isolated themselves with, within a community, the even, you know, so they, they don't, they don't marry outside of the communities historically. Um, nowadays, it's a lot more common, um, it's especially in America and, and the older, there's certain communities that, that get very upset when that happens, but you know, fuck them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I did not. I, I mean, I'm not even a practicing Jew. Uh, you know, I haven't considered myself religiously Jewish for 30 years or more. Um, I think I've probably done more Jewish traditional, like things that you don't tend to go to those things, right? Yeah, I've been to more Seder over. Yeah, I go to, I go to Seder. So, yeah, <laughs> um, but it's you know. It's so when it, when people bring up race and then they and then they bring up religion, I figured or they're looking at like oppressed groups that the Jews would at least, you know, get get a, a bone <laughs> tossed to them. But, you know, and it's and that was just the only thing that struck me in that particular context. And I realized that it's not what he was talking about. And uh, so that that was it's uh and like, I don't want to make this about me because it's not, it's, mm. it's about, it's about color being used as the demarcation of how to treat a person, um, which mm. is, I found, I found his whole discussion fascinating and I, and it, it just, it incenses me to no end to, to when I finally understand how the power structures have arranged things to keep their hold on on power and money which is power right right so. yeah and it was you know it was sort of a radical pipe dream discussed at the end that if we just stop giving the government that identity marker of us what yeah. would we do but it's not very likely that anyone's going to do that soon because there's so much invested in it. And, and in fact, you know, showing up and showing a, a, an area like how strong a population is, is how you can get some benefits sometimes, you know, obviously it's also how well, we get gerrymandering. And that's how they set it. They about. set it up, you know, they're giving you benefits, but they're also taking stuff away. It's yeah. like one group is giving you something, but this other group is using that same data to screw you. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to kind of weigh which is going to be more advantageous. Yeah, I wonder what would happen if everybody put other. Is other a, a, an option on the census form? You can start to put, um, I know you can check multiple boxes now, I think. Oh, wow. To so check all of them. Yeah. Really? <laughs> you know, and it does. And every time, you know, it's interesting. Just even talking about the census. Like, I have anxiety every time I have to check those boxes. Because, you know... I look black. I am black. I also identify as biracial or multiracial because that's also who I am. And so I always have this feeling of like, do I put down what I look like, what people think I should put down? Do I put down how I feel? <laughs> what, who's getting the benefit by based on what I put down? Like it's a, it's a, it's kind of a mini crisis in it sometimes yeah, well, and, I, and it has all the baggage of like what people think of me depending on what i say you know i don't even like checking off white 
I because it's not it's not because you know I have what what I I have what I've called it's because somebody else has used this phrase provisional whiteness right because there was time where Jews weren't white and you know and sometimes we're not white now you know we're not consuming and sometimes I don't want to be white because they suck suck. (laughs) no I you know white people do all kinds of horrible shit yeah (laughs) I don't want to be associated with them right yeah uh... (laughs) and it is it's just a more complicated question than checking off a box yeah you know it really is overall it's interesting for me to hear you talk about being Jewish as a race, because I've always had that sort of like uneasy, like, I'm not sure some people consider that to be a race. Some people don't. Some people say it's an ethnic group. Some people say it's just a religion. Like there's a, there's a sort of, um, yeah, well, cla- like, a, I'm not sure how to, what to say. <laughs> so, it's, you know, yeah. it's, there's a lot, I think there's a lot, or at least I have, noticed a lot of commonality uh, between the Jewish community and the pagan community in, in its dynamics. Hmm. Um, and, you know, there's a, there's that joke that if you ask two Jew, and I think they use this for other ethnic groups too, but it's like, if you ask a Jew, two Jews, a question, you get three different answers. Yeah. So, um, you know, and, and in the 19, I know, for example, in the 1920s, the Jewish community was very, very fractured and at each other at at each other's throats uh you know people would have differences of opinion in how to interpret certain biblical passages or passages in the talmud and they would make people get divorced over this shit this is this is stuff from my family history uh my grandfather's mother was well his grandparent his grandfather was a very high up rabbi and his daughter married the son of another very high up rabbi and the two rabbis had a big fight and made the kids get divorced and the husband got all the kids and and then he his mother was married to somebody else who who was his dad and um and that was all you know they had this big falling out probably over some stupid passage in 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 the talmud or for something for all i know you know but that's so and that was I think I think that's kind of screwed up where the parents have a you know the in-laws have a problem and they make the kids get divorced it's like geez <laughs> like, that's a bit yeah but that's what, what I would happened. prefer <laughs> that's what happened in the, the late 19th century in my family um oh. and my mom kind of wrote a book about it and uh it's uh, it's one of her it's it's pretty well researched I think it's it's a nice it's a good book about uh life in the shtetls of eastern europe wow. the turn of this of the, of the 20th century mm-hmm. um so you know it's it's uh i don't even remember what i had a point now <laughs> <laughs> just talking about you know that being a distinct community that right and then and the thing that pulled the jews together was the fact that hitler tried to kill us all mm. and and that was the pagan community I I noticed it, I felt like uh, certainly ten years ago, um, you know, it's all these little clusters of little groups that don't get along with each other very well. Uh, you know, everybody's got their own individual path, or the you know groups of covens, and they don't want to, you know, like the blue star doesn't want to talk to the ATC or whatever, and and 
um, there's not as much cooperation as there could be within the community. Um, but that's because the pagan community has not been faced with an existential threat. Because mm-hmm. that's that's what took it took Hitler to get the Jews to pull together because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they weren't before that. So but I, I you know, I can't solve the the race issue. But no, I think <laughs> we're working I think on it. If we could figure out some, you know, somehow to 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 have a campaign to to decolorize the census. I don't know. I, I mean, why do they want to know which ethnic groups? I mean, I know they kind of I know why they want to know. And I think some of it isn't really for good reasons. Yeah. They kind of want to know when it's when it's not going to be white majority anymore. Right. But there's something. See, I, it, it also depends on who you are and who's looking, you know, because. Yeah. It was always. In, in my utopian mind as a kid, I think looking forward to times when we were overall more diverse and more blended, like I just always thought that was a cool thing. And I know that they were talking about there would be a point where it's, you know, non-white is a majority overall. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it just felt like more people could get along better. But, uh, you know, and I think some people do feel that and other people obviously feel way threatened yeah. Um, in ways that I couldn't have thought about when I was, when I first heard about that tipping point, whenever I was a kid, you know, you know, and now I'm wondering if, if they, they started adding in all of the people who, when they immigrated, weren't considered white, like Italians. And, you know, um, if you weren't English or like the Italians and the Irish and, and the Jews, you know, we weren't, none of us were white when, you know, a hundred or so years ago right right but are those, now, the, those those divisions aren't on a census though are they they may have been i don't i don't no, remember they may what have been. yeah i don't know how censuses right. were in the olden days right that's true but i'm wondering if they've defined these people to be white to keep the white majority i think that's true that's my understanding <laughs> of it <laughs> that's like i just you know this my mind is currently as i'm talking is going <sighs> so yeah uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, that is definitely a moving target. I mean, uh, um, Middle Easterners are legally white, I think. Are they? Yeah, I, I think I heard that. It was probably in in <laughs> in that interview when he was saying he was saying something about yeah, that. Yeah, I have a friend who has that experience where her father uh, was Lebanese and her mother is whatever English Irish that kind of thing. And she's white. She's le- yeah, she's white legally. Official, white. She's officially white, right? Not, right, <laughs> and and doesn't feel comfortable with that because she looks at her dad and see he's obviously not white, <laughs> and she doesn't and and she doesn't you know she feels mixed. So it's a it's weird. It's complicated. But um, so I guess what I came away with thinking about this conversation because I kept I went back and listened to it a couple of times and I got a lot out of it in general. But I was listening for your your experience of it and it it brings to mind the topics around Judaism that I really want to talk about and have conversations centered on even though I think this conversation really was about something different for the most part but it did bring to light that idea that like I'm really interested in understanding more about how the US uh relates to Israel in oh. terms of <laughs> po- politics 
but also, you know, cult your cultural experiences and things that I, you know, I have a very sort of uh, cursory understanding of that I would like to know more about. So those, I think we have a lot more, a lot more shows to do <laughs> about <laughs> all these topics, you know? I, yeah, I, I can't even, I can't even touch as real right now. I, I, it's too much. <laughs> well, see, that's been my experience of it. I'm just afraid to say anything because I feel like whatever I say, someone will be upset about. And so well, and yeah, I that's feel like I don't thing. know a lot, you know, so that, I don't no, it has nothing to do with what you know or not know. It's whatever you say about Israel, someone is going to have a problem with it. Yeah. <laughs> there's like, there's like no, there is no safe place to talk about Israel if you don't want to. This is one of those, you know, not, you can't have all of the people all of the time. It's one of those, someone's going to find a problem with what you say, no matter what you say. Yeah. So that's one of those, you know, you need a 10 foot pole to do, to talk <laughs> about that stuff. Wow. But yeah, but there's lots to even just the, the different aspects of the various opinions and conflicts i would like to have some better understanding of at some point so okay we'll see what we can make happen and i will yeah, try to I, learn to i'm not like a complete expert on any of that oh no no i'm not asking you to be the expert <laughs> <laughs> anymore oh, as i am i the, thought you were I'm putting not the me on this expert but, oh, okay sure, so no we're not experts <laughs> yes let me speak for the people with whom I don't really associate with anymore. So. <laughs> the um, people that 23 and me say are my people. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I haven't done 23 and me. I feel like the myth of the mythos of who my family and background are and everything is fine for me. Okay. So I don't know that I need to know if it's not true. Cause what is, what's the point? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah, I, I was hoping, interesting things, but, but I was hoping for so. Well, actually, I really did it more for the uh, the breast cancer gene than oh. the than the than the, than the uh, where my people are from because I kind of knew anyway yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that there wasn't there wasn't any rogue <laughs> rogue DNA from any other populations in my in my body. <laughs> um, Although that's kind of my brother was made a point where those tests are that's a whole other topic. Yeah, definitely. Surprise, like, oh, you're not really really genetically part of this family. It's right. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, and you know, I have not great history in some of my family too. And I'm like, I don't know. It's kind of complicate things even more. <laughs> so I'm good with who I think I am, I think. 